0: Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry, joined today by Max and Terry. Uh, And I don't know if any of the three of us are super up for this today. (laughs) We're all kind of just grumpy old men, despite the fact that these guys aren't old. (laughs) So there's there's that. (laughs) Uh, It's a very... It's a you know it's a very hard to please us kind of day I think Um, I know I I was telling the guys off camera I was like I feel bad for anybody who has to talk to me today I'm just I'm just a jerk today I'm sorry (laughs) so yeah Um, so guys uh, to start off with something that's actually uh, Everton based but maybe not necessarily about the football on the pitch. Recently, there was a comment on YouTube by someone called Toffee Top, uh, who uh, made a, what I consider to be a pretty insightful comment. It was brought to my attention by uh, John from the Toffee Blues. He, he did a little screenshot of it sent to me. So it, it, it was a good comment. It was insightful. It was talking about how I accidentally, didn't on purpose, uh, am creating hierarchies for supporters. We were talking about our, uh, our expectations for this season. And I kind of played down my expectations compared to the other guy's expectations because I haven't supported for as long. okay? Um, and I think it's a valid point in that particular context. Um, if we're talking about this season's expectations, maybe I shouldn't play my own down the way I have before. i I'm self-deprecating. I do that. You know what I mean? i'm just I just tend to do that. Um, however, if we were talking about, the club as a whole, talking about the club throughout the years. I'm going to yield to Max and Terry on these subjects because these fellas have been supporting longer than I have. There's just certain things when it comes to uh, Everton culture, I'm going to be asking these guys about it. It just seems like it's what should be done. Um, We were talking off camera a little bit about this. Uh, I think Terry and you were talking about how age – and how long you've supported a club doesn't necessarily give you give you wisdom.
1: No, not really. I mean the the point of that you make about the culture of the club, I think it's a different it's different beasts to different people. Like everyone has got their own idea within a loose sort of framework of what, what the club means and what the traditions are. There's people who have been supporting Everton since before I was born, and I listen to them and I think, oh, you are you are absolutely ridiculous. Like I've spoken to a taxi driver who says that, you know, this this the Everton manager's job is not a job you should learn. Um it's not a job it's not a place to go to learn to be a top manager. You should be a top manager first. So I think the point he made was um that Silver um needs to go and become the next Pochettino before he manages Everton, um, not try and become one at Everton. And I was just sitting thinking there's no there's no way we'd get at this point a manager who's a Pochettino level. It's it's not realistic. There's people out there who who think Sam Allardyce was a good manager and should be back. I, they're not as common as the people who dislike him, like myself. I absolutely hated him and to this day still don't like him. But there are people out there. You see it you on know, Vox Pops are at the, from, from around the time that he was getting, about to get sacked, thinking he should have stayed and everything. And I just don't know what wavelength they're on. They support the same club as I do. A lot of them probably support the same club. As I do before I was supporting the club, but they're just they're on a different a uh, different page to me. So it's different for everyone. It's not okay. It's not a. It's not top Trumps. You don't get. You don't get. To, you don't get uh, supporter points for certain things. It's uh, It's everyone's got their own unique take on the club. Yeah. Everyone.
0: Yeah. It's. Uh, I. In the instance, I, I think I was thinking that. Because these guys have spent so much time supporting the club that their expectations in the past, they would have some kind of context for that, you know? Um, I have a lot of respect for people who have, pulled, who have been supporting a club for years and years and years and years, all right? That's a, that's a personal thing. I, I don't like the I, – I, I've supported clubs since, since you know, I was five years old. There are, there are teams that I've pulled for since very young. And one of the things that that will grate on me sometimes is if someone comes to me who's only been watching the sport or the team for like a year or two, and -hmm. they come to me and they start talking like a know-it-all. I'm very worried about making sure that I respect other opinions, especially of people who've been supporting the club for a long time. That's a personal thing. Also, I host... And I would be really stupid if I'm not respecting other people's opinions, mm. uh, however, I think I tend to not respect my own opinion sometimes, so maybe not respect it enough if that makes sense so toffee top out there me not respecting my own opinion is definitely not respect is is definitely not disrespecting supporters from other countries and everything you know. That's the other thing there are people, gosh, I think about Rick wee that that guy knows he knows what he's talking about, and he lives far away from everton okay there are there i mean there's some really good American supporters who know a lot about the club as well, okay, so yeah, uh I don't even know, know where to go for there from there, to be honest with you
2: I think you've just got to be you know a very special type of person to volunteer your life for such pain, really. I mean, I think it's a special type of person that voluntarily supports everything, so thumbs up to that, uh, just, just to throw my two cents in. And I, I, I just think it's also similar to what you said, Jerry. how you perceive the game of football, how you perceive the club as an entity. Um, I think if you're local, obviously, it, it obviously has family attachment, and I, I know it certainly does for me. Um, so as I say, I mean... With a far cry from the top six, so my opinion on it really is: if you've chosen voluntarily to support Everton during this time, you know, watch off to you. Yeah,
0: or uh, or uh, to uh, start a fan channel during these times. Mm. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. There have been times where we've come on and just said, "What are we thinking?" This is the worst time, but then we go on a good stretch and we're like, yes. <laughs> so,
1: that's a new phenomenon for the club, though. Really, like uh, the sort of newer fans from further afield. Like they've always existed, but not on large scale, on the large the scale that it is now. And there's, I think, there's a great deal of difference between supporters of um, of Everton from say like the United States or or the Far East or Africa than there is with the fans who. I mean, how many fans have Man United got just off the bat? Like, It makes me happy to think that all these Man United fans who jumped on their bandwagon uh, around 2008, 2009, are all now wishing they hadn't um, picked that ticket because they've been sixth and fifth ever since. Don't get me wrong, they're not, they're not suffering, but they thought they were, like with the uh, New England Patriots, with the NFL, they thought they were signing up for, I'm going to support the team that wins every week. Anyone who supports Everton and gets up at the all hours of the morning to watch them, they're proper fans, mate, don't care where you live. That's <laughs> that's commitment to a club who aren't just handing you, you know, everything on a plate like some clubs can and them do. Hmm. Yeah. Um So anyway, it's something it's
0: something that I'll be kind of conscious of, though moving forward, is kind of being careful of of the way I'm wording things and also making sure that I'm uh, I don't know. It seems like the, one of the main things was respect yourself as a supporter, despite the fact that you're a fledg- fledgling supporter. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. So I'm on it. Toffee top. There you go. All right. <laughs> um So uh, we need to move on and talk. Ugh. There's just a lot of potential negativity for this show. So we'll see how we can keep this spinning. Uh, for the For the podcast people out there, we're, we're going to talk about everything now. Uh, <laughs> as in, like, the actual football on the pitch. Sorry. Uh, we're, we've got to start off with the uh, Southampton match reaction. Um, and then we'll go into a discussion. We've done a patience segment before where we talk about having patience with, with Marco Silva and... Uh, this squad and the situation they're in. Um, maybe we need to kind of talk about the state of the, the the whole state of the club right now in terms of the performance on the field, performance of the manager, the players. Just be very specific and how we should actually feel right now. All right, how should we feel right now? We're just gonna we're just gonna vent. I think each of us gonna take a turn and kind of go from there. Have a legit, real conversation. We'll see what happens. Um, And then we're going to talk about the fact that there's uh, supposedly not a lot of money for transfers at a time where I think some people really think we need transfers. So, there's that, and we'll finish up with another edition of If You Know Your History. So, gentlemen, uh, initial reactions to the uh, 2-1 loss from Saturday uh, down south. Uh, Terry, if you want to get things started... I, yeah, I'm just gonna say I, I was it was really uninspired, just yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's it's probably the worst performance of the season, um, that or Brighton, completely insipid. We got you could tell from the first whistle that they wanted it more than us. It's an old cliche that, but they were you know, they were flying to tackles harder, they were getting onto second balls quicker, just everything just looked wrong. With the team, with our players on the pitch, and I don't even know what what could have been done differently. I mean, those are more or less the best eleven players on the pitch, give or take one or two. Maybe there's something to be said for Meena and and Calvert-Lewin, but I don't I don't know whether it's the system, whether it's the players' are jaded, they need a rest, whether it is the manager. That's I'm not ruling that out. Um, we'll come onto that in more detail later, obviously, but. It was awful, absolutely job. At no point did we look like we were gonna, we were gonna get anything out of the game. We had some, you know, half decent passages of play in attack, half decent being quite kind to them as well. But at no point was I was I thinking this could end in a goal. It was all, you know, sort of neutered attack play. It was in front of their back four. It was. You know, it, it was we'd slow things down when we needed to be fast, and then all their players got back. It was just awful to watch, and I'm really glad we didn't do this video on the night of the game because I think it would have a uh, think. Language might have been a little bit more colourful because I don't think anyone was uh, was was less than angry at coming out of it. It's just terrible. It was really really <clears throat> hard day, after that day at the office.
0: um Max when when I'm watching us and I rewatched the first half today or I watched the first half today because I watched the second half on Saturday. I did this all out of order. <laughs> but uh I had two words I said uninspired earlier, but sloppy. It's really it's really sloppy passing moving forward. It's careless. Um I, that's the thing that I uh, when I w- w- and It's ineffective. So not only are we just kind of passing the ball around the box but it, and not penetrating, not actually getting in there, but additionally, when we actually have those opportunities to penetrate, we're not actually playing the pass that actually threads the needle. Yeah. We're just giving the ball away. I, I feel like I, I got so pissed off watching us repeatedly give the ball away. What do you attribute? Is this a mental state thing?
2: I wouldn't say that. Um, I, th- I I might touch on it later, but I think it was more the clash of both Hansford Hasson Hall's styles and Silver's styles put together. Obviously, getting knocked knocked out in the court, they got to all the way by Derby Southampton. And you'd think coming into this game they might be a bit more, a bit leggy, mm-hmm. a bit more leggy than ever, and a bit physically tired, mentally tired. But it worked a complete other way. you, you know. They were first to every ball, first to every second ball, closing us down every occasion that we could. They applied the pressure as soon as, like you know, if we were putting the ball into Andre Gomez in the middle. He was picking his head up and because players were on him like a flash, that's where that sloppiness comes in. We couldn't find the man. It was really, yeah. So, I can understand where you're coming from. It was very frustrating and um, a big point that I think I want to make is that this possession-based football, I think 59% we had there at St Mary's, I just don't think we've got the players cut out to play the system that Silva wants. That's not to say Axum by any means. I were there on the side of give him the time and give him the transfer windows to implement the system and bring in the players that he feels like can carry out that system. But at this present moment, I, ju- I just feel like the, the counter-pressing game works so much more successfully in the Premier League.
0: Um. Something else I noticed was, and I think it comes from him getting pressed and hounded the second he got the ball. I didn't see Luca Dean on the ball often making those runs up the left and cross, you know, just whipping crosses in all day long the way he normally does. Mm. He was covered. Like he was constantly hounded as soon as he got the ball. Um, yeah. They were, in the first half especially, they were forcing us to go right often. Um, and a lot of times on the right, our, our attack you know, broke down.
2: Yeah, I, I, we've been sussed out, basically. I, I think that's what it attributes down to. And you mentioned Luca Dina, him being one of the quicker members of the back four. That front two combination of Ings and Redmond did, did the centre-back partnership completely. I know Keen put the you know a good a good foot in here or there, but pace wise, yeah. Him and Zuma were both roasted. So I think that's why Luca Dina may have been more on the back foot and as we've seen the, the Coleman can't quite contend with that pace.
0: I also thought that running a back three helped them push their right back up to cover to cover that space a little bit more and suss out attacks quicker before they actually started. Um yeah, this was. I I thought. Number one, we weren't up for this. We weren't. You're right. No second balls. I mean, and also just Richarlison playing with his back to the goal is really ineffective. Yeah. and only
2: effective. only th- only three shots, three shots in the entire game. That doesn't look very brave.
1: I think this this formation the way we do it has been sussed out a little bit as well. Like the, Every team that we lose to now does the same things, as you've said. Like, they press Andre Gomez and don't press Ghana Ghana. They let him off the ball because they know he can't hurt with it. Mm-hmm. And Luca Dean, keep pressing him because he's their best, um, best wide outlet. Like, keep going to Coleman because he's not fast enough to get past his man. And Richarlison can't act as a focal point. I do think he's all right up front, but only in certain games and against certain opposition. He can't be... Old striker, he's not one and he never will be one but it might just be time to start changing the personnel and freshen it up might maybe go four 3 3 it'll take some big calls, it might take dropping someone like Sigurdsson Putting Tom Davis into a middle three. Now, people are going to groan when they hear me say that, but that injection of energy around the midfield position might free up the likes of Andre Gomez to play more of his natural game because he's got more options. It might be time to actually stick with Kenny because at this put on the right back slot, because at this point, the team we've got out, it's not just losing now away to the bigger teams like it was in the early part of the season. It's losing to Brighton it's losing at home to Leicester it's losing to Southampton I think he does need to change it because he, if he can't get the, any personnel in this month which it looks like he can't he's going to have to do something different with the players he's got but it will take a big call like one of the key players being benched for a while it could be Richarlison put Calvert-Lewin up front and have Richarlison come off the bench for a while I don't know what it is but it, the way we're playing now doesn't. it's not working anymore other teams have, have cottoned on
2: well, we we played that four two three one to death, haven't we? Really, I think we we played it from even when Moyes was here, and I, th- I think it, were, it I think it worked really well, particularly in Martin. as his first couple, first few seasons, and that, uh, you know we had Ross Barkley and we had Romelu Lukaku, two players that you know you could you know you could you could accommodate in that formation, and they would deliver. I I think it's almost. We're scared to try anything else, and we haven't necessarily got the players. I think if we were going to go anywhere else, it would be either a four-three-three. But I, I, again, I just I don't think we've got the players to to implement that that, that formation. Yeah. It
1: could be something. That, it could be. I mean, the four-two-three-one perfectly suited the players back then with with um, Moyes and Martinez at the beginning. It could be something entirely different now. It could be something outside the box, like play the same thing, but we'll play Luckman off the striker and see how he gets on with that free roll and play the Charleston left, Walcott right, or something to that effect. And it's gonna take a big call because someone, because of those eleven players on the pitch, one of those is going to have to come out and it, whether it's Gomez, whether it's Sigurdsson or whether it's Garner, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a, a sort of consequence of dropping them. Um but that's what the manager's paid to do. Mm-hmm. He, he needs to find a solutions because the team now has been sussed so out I mean Gylfi Sigurdson might score the weekend but I, he was anonymous again he was just mm. he's sort of in a position where he can't be found and when he does get it he's got no one to pass to except backwards
2: yeah Sigurdsson's it a weird one I thought I'd I've, I've got to congratulate him. He became the I think it's the, the highest scoring Icelandic player in the Premier League. I think he surpassed Edgar Johnson with 55 goals, so congratulations on that. But one thing I want to highlight about Sigurdsson is he's so conservative when we haven't got the ball. He'll do the running, but he won't put a foot in. If he worked on his game and winning the ball back in the more advanced areas of the pitch, I think we'd be such a much more effective team on the counter-press. Because he's just so conservative, he just he doesn't put that foot in and lets the ball break the line and go past them. So I mean, I, I could understand if he was to take him out because when when Silva does go gung-ho, and he changes the formation to the four four two and you know sends Dominic Calvert Lewin on, he drops Silva um, Sigurdsson sorry deeper, and that that that's just not his role either. So yeah, I agree with you. There it may be the case.
0: Um, something I meant to say earlier, Max. I've been letting you guys kind of. Roll because I don't wanna <laughs> interrupt uh but um uh, I saw you were talking about their counter press being responsible for a lot of our sloppy play. I think some of our sloppy play, uh but I saw a lot of unpre- unpressured poor passes, a lot of moments where our guys are literally like remember that break where Charleston had first half, and he literally just <laughs> dribbles into the <laughs> defender. And and it's, it's, it's unfocused. It's, it's just, yeah. And there, and it's a lot of that. And I saw, uh, you see a lot of these moments where we're trying to get some combinations going. We're trying to play that killer pass. And, and I don't know if it's just, I, I don't know. I have, I just feel like we've got a decent squad that we put on the field. All right. But there's just something, it's not, it's not the first time I've seen it happen over the past like few games, I've, I see us hit the field and we're we're just making these really ill-advised moves. Bernard in the second half, him 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 going wide and then he cuts in and he looks up and he passes it completely behind Sigurdsson and there's like or and there's no one else back there and it was a break. It was a lot of moments like that where it's just. Yeah, and I'm not sure. It could be something, Max. It could be a com- combination of what you're saying along with. It could be the fact that them counter-pressing like that and hounding certain players made us more jumpy, made us less confident with the ball. That that could be exactly part of it. But just the fact that I keep seeing it, and I've seen it in several games, especially away matches lately. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's it, It's been a frustrating thing to watch. You know this this match this weekend. I, I don't have a lot of moments where I say players did well. I don't have like a player of the game really. I just don't. Um, the own goal.
2: Everton look. I think that's something yeah. like that. That's like our fourth own goal at Saint Mary's in the last four years as well. So it's just Everton look all over.
1: Yeah, he's, a, he's really unlucky there, to be, to be fair. I, 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 for a, Dean, uh,
2: I feel like he was unlucky.
0: I kind of feel like Pickford might have done a little better on that.
1: As good as Pickford is overall, and he actually made some really good mm-hmm. saves on Saturday, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's, he needs to calm down. He's he's really erratic. Obviously, the, the big one, the Derby, but a few times this season, he's, he's done some silly things by losing his... He, not for a second saying he lost his head and conceded that goal but just on the subject of Pickford I think he needs to sort of get to find some consistency as well as the rest of the team because he sort of bounces between the spectacular and the ridiculous at times which all keepers can do but you know we we all we need him to be on on song for the for the, 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 the defence is poor at the minute we're conceding goals but that he's not exempt from that you know some of them have been his fault some of them aren't his fault but he needs to uh, sort of set out yeah that think. was
0: that was one you know saw it when it happened, and then I watched it again, and it it I think Luca Dean did pretty much what you'd need to do, unlucky with the angle there, but i I think Pickford took him a second it took him a second to realize what was happening, and just that one little split second his his body is going to the other way his body his his weight is shifting the other way, and he has to kind of get himself righted, but I don't think he was expecting that, and I think that accounts for him being a little slow on it. So that's a, yeah. Guys. A lot more to talk about, too, guys. (laughs) There's, like, so many groans. Um, Okay. Anything else on this, gents? Um, I think maybe the last eight minutes... Of play, we did okay.
2: <laughs> Only cause we got there's my positive <laughs> getting get the ball forward. Yeah,
0: it? you know. Uh, so, I guess that's it for our, our Southampton reaction. If you've been on the social media, if if you're one of those folks. Uh, you'll notice there's a a decent amount of conflict about the, about the squad right now, about the squad, about the manager, a lot of people, a lot of fingers being pointed, um, there is a, uh, I don't know, we like to blame the humans, we like to say, that's what's wrong, let's fix it, it's his fault, right, so it, we like to do that, it's a thing, um, So, hence, a lot of the Silva outshouts have begun. A few weeks ago, we did a segment about having patience with Silva. I don't want to make this a patience segment. I want to go ahead and be clear. This is not one of those segments where we say, hey, it's going to be okay. This is not a hug segment. It's not what this is. All right? Um, However, we need to analyze how we're feeling. So we're going to talk about this. If if the one of the three of us is frustrated, we need to say it. And let's figure out how we're supposed to be feeling about this, all right? So, Max, starting with Max on this one. <laughs> Brother, so how are you feeling right now about all this? And what is your what is your knee jerk reaction? What is your after you've let it steep a little while, how are you? How are you doing about it? About where things are going? The fact that we haven't won a lot of points lately.
2: Okay. Uh, I tend to steer away from knee-jerk reactions. I think context is just always essential. Mm. Like you think about Farhad mashiri Farhad mashiri's put north of two hundred million pounds into the club. He's obviously not got much of a return on his investment. Like he's had to pay out compensation packages to Martinez, to Kooman, to Allardyce. And obviously that goes into the segment that we're gonna do later about there being no money available for transfers. Like we're just in a rut at the moment. And I think from a business strategy standpoint, I think Machavi's right to say that there's no money available for, for transfers because we just gotta we've just gotta keep our head up and carry on carry on our way through it. I, I mean in terms of how I'm feeling about it, I'm not as I'm not as obviously I'm not as enthusiastic as I was in the summer. You see Liverpool Looking like they're going to roll the league home, and you see us straggling in about 11th when in October, November, we were about sixth place. Like, it's very disheartening to see how we've kind of shot down the league. But again, you've you've got to take a step back and you've got to realise, like, look at what we've been through over the last five years. We We had 12 years of stability, you know, of a great improvement and stability under David Moyes. We had, you know, that kind of false expectations year under Martinez, where he inherited a solid defence that David Moyes left and brought in, you know, some attacking flair of his own. Once that kind, of once that went away, it kind of, you know, it left to the squad that he's brought in himself, and that didn't turn out to be very good, considering how we were defensively. And I personally would take the same approach to what we did with Martinez. And remember, after the first one, the first season, we were like, "Yeah, great." That's how it goes when we're doing well under Martinez. We had the second one where. That's what it's like when it's not going so well under Martinez and then you have the third season to be judgmental. And obviously, you know, that was a squad of his own and that was not where we wanted to go. Um, So for me personally, I feel like uh, ideally you want to give a manager, in this case, Marco Silva, you want to give him the time to get in the players of his own, to play the formation that he wants, to implement the tactics, to you know, the tactical system that he wants because we haven't we haven't got the the back line to be playing off in the back like he wants, I don't think. I don't obviously I think when he first came he said he wanted to play a four three three with a six. And at the moment we're playing four, two, three, one. And we you know, we look a long a long way away from having the players to change the formation. So I you know, it's just one of them, you've just gotta keep your head up and thug it out really.
0: All right. I'm not going to do a whole lot of commenting till we all kind of get to unload. So, Terry, how are you?
1: <clears throat> Sorry. Um. Yeah, I am the same now as I was in the summer. I haven't. I get up. I get frustrated and I get happy, spending on the result of the game. But I felt in the summer, and I think a lot of other people did. But and they've lost sight of that. But. This club has been mismanaged for five years, as Max touched on. Then, mismanaged all the way up. No one's exempt from blame. We had, we've made bad managerial appointments. We've made a hell of a lot of bad um, recruitment decisions. And I said, I said at the start of the summer, and I wasn't the only one. But I've not lost sight of. This will take a while to turn around, but turn around it will. I. Don't care what Liverpool are doing, whatever. Like, no, they don't believe that, and they think that we all think about them more than us. Yeah, don't get me wrong. When they were going to the Champions League final and we had Allardyce, that was bad. But that wasn't. That was just because it was we were that bad and they were that good. Right now, the way I look at it is, there's going to be some pain, especially in the first season. There's going to be some results like this. There'll be more than this one. It's it, there's going to be. Some difficulty in making the change that we want to that we want to make. We've got a lot to do. We've brought in Marcel Brands mm-hmm. to oversee a complete identity transition at the club. It's an overused term, transition in football, but I think it's right in this case. Everyone's having a transitional year. Whenever they've got anything new, new tea lazy, we're in a transitional year. But we have got brand new CEO. No, she um, she may not be new to the club, but she's new to that position. We've got a new director of football who is the key, the main man at the club for all footballs a- aspects, and a brand new manager. Now, we have brought in a lot of players under Silver and Brands, not all of them permanently. We haven't brought in a whole new squad. There are still some players who Marco Silver's playing with half a squad at the minute that he can that he can use. He he can't turn to some of the players in this squad Like every other club in the league Who've had a plan in place Had a structure Bournemouth can use all of their squad Watford can use all of their squad Everyone for the most part Apart from the odd exception Can use all of their squad We can't turn and use a different centre and midfielder Because there's a massive drop off in quality can you imagine how much worse we'd be If we played Schneider and over Gomez
2: mm.
1: Or if we played... He's, he's gone now. If we had to play Nias instead of a Richarlison up front, it's just we we need to remember that it's this isn't this isn't not a sports car, this is a oil tanker and it's gonna take a while to turn around. There's there's just nothing else we can do. It's going to be... It's frustrating, but the, we will never, ever get anywhere by replacing managers constantly. People say, well, Chelsea do it. Chelsea can only do that because they've always had, and have for the past few years, a top squad of players. Mm. And more or less about 16 plus of them are the same. And three or four get changed each year at the most. That's why they can change manager every year because they've got Hazard, they've got like William players like that. We can't change a manager every year and just have... You know, be calling on players like, with all due respect to them, Tosin and 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 Schneiden, as I say, and McCarthy. That won't. That's that's how you get relegated by mm. changing things constantly with players who aren't good enough to weather that weather that storm. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated because I thought I think we can do better. I'm not just writing off all, all the seasons are write off whatever they want to finish as long as they stay up. No, not at all I still think this group of players are better than what they're showing But that doesn't extend to me To some of the -the over-the-top reactions That people are doing Like sack the manager You know, change this, change that It's like, no, you haven't even changed You haven't even followed through on the first change you made A couple of months ago So why would you change it again?
2: Mm. We're a project club, aren't we? That just hasn't really took off yet You know, not Mm. any one identity hasn't really imposed itself on the club, and we're just we're stuck in a crossover with so much dead ru- dead wood from other routines. Mm-hmm. Like that. you've listed half the players there that just don't fit into the you know the long term vision of the club, and uh, in terms of present tense, we are as I say earlier. We're, you know we're stuck in a rut in terms of getting rid of them.
1: They're not even viable options. We've got players who aren't at the club and playing for other clubs. And some players who are at the club, and they've all, you know, we've they've been brought in. Imagine, just imagine, Marco Silver had another twenty million pound centre midfielder that could play his play the system he wants to play. Imagine he had another twenty eight million pounds winger. Imagine he had another, you know, striker like Sandro. Was imagine all these positions in the squad and it might be this, might be the case in a couple of years, we're brought in by brands, mm-hmm. might know how much better we'd be. you see him players who are falling out of form and get, starting to look tired and leggy because he, he's got no option but to play them. Mm-hmm. And people can say, well, you know, he's the manager, he's got to change it. But the second he, I'm telling you now, the second he changes and drops someone and plays Tom Davis or he plays um, Tosin up front uh, and it doesn't work, people will be even worse. He, 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 people need to understand that we've had to hit the reboot in the summer and you can't. we're only not even the first step into that because it's a season-by-season season thing. And Don't get me wrong, we still this bad. I'll say at the beginning, middle of next season, then you can look at it, then Brand has got a decision to make, going, right, this is the this sort of team I'm building. Does it need a better manager to work with it? But not now. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's something we were talking about in the last segment. Um, I mentioned sloppy play. I think a big part of that is leggy, is lack of a squad, is just flat out human fatigue. I think that's part of it. And not even that, I think there's, I'm not going to say mental because they're professionals. They're supposed to be able to deal with the season. You know what I mean? That They should not be mentally tired midseason. That's not some, something that should be the case. However, you know, some of the players, some of the, the plays they're making, they seem they seem tired. They seem like they're not all the way there. The fact that there's not a, a spring in our step when we're chasing after a second ball. There's a lot of that, right? And mm-hmm. having a not-so-deep squad, uh, well, it's, it's just shallow. It's a shallow squad that we're dealing with right now. I think it's a part of it. Um, I'm, I'm with everybody who says Saturday was not good enough. I'm with you. Okay. It was not, it's one of those things. I imagine like watching, watching a match with like a neutral who's come in and you're like, Hey, I'm watching the game. I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you about Everton. We're going to watch Everton play right now. Imagine convincing a neutral based on that performance. It's really, really difficult to basically say, hey, there's hope. There's excitement here. This is a a young team, young manager. No, it didn't feel like a lot of hope at that time. So I get the negativity. I do. We were talking a little bit earlier off camera about social media's effect on supporters. And I said what was it like for you guys because I've since I've been supporting Everton there's always been social media. Okay? Because I'm I just haven't had that experience. But what was it like for you guys supporting Everton when there was no social media? All right? How did how did the the organism of of frustration function? All right? So uh, let's let's go with uh, with Terry then Max on that because it's something that I think actually does play a part in our frustrations. The fact that we can instantly vent, just get it out there immediately. Max was talking about that knee jerk. Our knee jerks are out there, and they're there now.
1: Mm, that's not something specific to Everton, really. It's it's wider football mm. fandom. But yeah, I it's hard to even remember now. But I, I, what I can remember is sort of changes in support and mood definitely took longer. Like there was no meltdown after a defeat. There was a meltdown after a bad defeat or a big game defeat. But <clears throat> on a, when there was a run of bad form, it was it took a while for the fans to really start to change the way they felt. And you had to you had to wait to see feel it in, in at Goderson and in the crowd. You couldn't, you know, just see it on your phone as soon as you got out of the um as soon as you got out to the ground and, and then get everything blown out of proportion Now that also ties into Expectations may have been different then And, and in a big way I think the Not related to social media But I think the, the supporters Had a bit more of a connection with that team Just because it was built over a longer time And there wasn't the constant recycling Of players and managers like there is now So that sort of coincided with it But it's like anything fo- Football fans Are just reactionary Animals. If we win, everything's great. Everything's going okay. silver is, you know, it's going to take a while, but he's, you know, he's got a, he's got a plan and trust in brands and everything. And and you know, you know, Machiri's, you know, backed us uh, properly. And then if we lose a game, especially a game that we don't think we should lose, then it's you know fraud, Sydney club, and you know not fit to be, you know this and not fit to be that it we all feed off each other it's like it's it's an echo chamber if yeah. I, I i sometimes just if we lose i just switch it off because i'll end up arguing with people because yeah there's no there's no telling people i understand <clears throat> people being frustrated I understand people say things and then calm down Everyone, i do it myself a lot but it just feeds on your bad moods like ev- everyone has a bad mood when you lose but it never used to be the case that uh, you could experience everyone else's bad moods. <laughs> <And> that's what <laughs> it is now. Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> Sorry. I just love wording it like that. That's huh.
0: I will, I will use that. Yoink Max, what do you, what do you <laughs> got on this?
2: I, I think essentially social media gives a platform to ill-informed people to just voice their displeasures and, and gather as a community and, they give each other false approvals, which makes them feel like they can take on anyone, even if whoever challenges them is more well-informed. Yeah. So, for example, these get the manager out shouts, Like, come on, he's not even been here a season. We know he. We know he, You know he. He shows promising signs. He, he has a philosophy of football, which I think the majority of Evertonians can buy in on when it's played right. But you know, for for example, like like you just said for when there's a defeat, personality factors into it, your mood factors into it, and obviously now this with with social media, it's why recently I've just stayed clear from it altogether. People can just jump on there and say whatever they want, no matter how well informed they are, and that's not necessarily always correct. And some people take it upon themselves to feel like they have to change the opinions. And, and perspectives of other people, which I just think it's all a bit futile because life isn't social media. You know, Twitter Twitter's not real life. It's hard for some people to wrap their head around that these days. But it, it is what it is. Essentially, we we are not where we should be. There's you know, there's no two ways about that. But it's going to take us a while, a long time. Uh, with you know, with the top six, rock of fuel feeling you know, it's looking almost as if there's going to be a European Super League within the next, what, five or ten years. We've got a lot of catching up to do. And unfortunately, we are where we are, and we've got to continue to dig our way out of it.
0: Yeah, Max, you said something that I've, I latched on to earlier because I feel like it's the way I want to approach subjects like this. Context. Context is the key word for me about all this, right? Let's yeah. say our performance <clears throat> Saturday... Is the average performance for us the rest of the season? Context changes, doesn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, you know? of course it does. But if you've been a, if you've been an Everton supporter for long enough, shit like that isn't uncommon. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of shit Everton games in my lifetime, and I'm only twenty, and I expect to see more. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not expecting enough to turn into Manchester City anytime soon. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, you're gonna have to tough it out and wait a few years before we start playing nice football. We show it every now and again because we've got players of good individual quality. How long have they been together? What, like seven, eight months? They're obviously not always, you know, they're obviously not all on the same wavelength yet. They haven't been playing together for the length of time, for example, a David Moyes, And that is something, particularly me and, and my generation, we've been accustomed to seeing a team that's been the same for the last couple of years, you know what I mean? So. As I say, for me, personally, I think you have got to give him three years to judge him fairly. Unless it becomes, as you say, that level of performance becomes the norm and it becomes a big Sam-style rot, which I can't envision it to mm-hmm. under Marco Silva. I, I think Marco Silva's just got he's got a head on his shoulders. To be honest, essentially, with obviously, boy, Marcel Brands being the director of football and you know the the head of football and operations now. Silver is Silva is just a head coach, so he is replaceable. There's you know, there's no mistake about that. But I will give him the time.
0: Gotcha. See, that's that's the thing for me, is I'm right now, context wise, I can still remember a decent performance recently. You know what I mean? It's not one of those situations where we're sitting there like When's the last time you actually watched us and had a moment where you got, all, got to your feet and was like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it, the, like last season, there was such a long, you, the rot. That was, that's another good way of, too much, too much rot, and you just you just have no interest. And I'm not there yet. I still have hope when we go into games that we're going to actually be lively. I still, I still have that hope. Now, last year it was more like "Abandon all hope, ye who enter here." That, that, that was pretty, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to hell, Sam's your manager. You know what I mean? It was, that was just the way it was. Mm. So, yeah. but I don't feel it right now, you know. And
2: no, you think about it. Right when, when Silver came in, I think a you know a big part of his job description was to get the fans back mm-hmm. on side, and that is something that I. But, you know, I can't think of a time where he hasn't gone on camera and, and mentioned something about the fans or the encouragement that the fans are given the players during a game. Like, a big part of his job as the head coach or whatever now is to, you know, build that rapport with the fans. And I think he's certainly done that, you know, with the philosophy of football he's trying to impose with some of the players that he's brought in that have become fan favourites. With the type of person that he is, he's not going to oppose the long-term vision of the club, similar to what Sam Allardyce does, had, did. So, uh, yeah, I I haven't got a a Marco Silva issue at all. I think it's just Everton. It's the way Everton are and I've been for the last five years.
1: I think Silva could do with a big win. That would just go a long way to put credit in his bank. Martinez got his at Old Trafford and it went so far. I mean, obviously, he was doing really well at the start as well, but if Silva was to win a really big game, like, the derby would be a perfect one um or a big away match which don't come around too often at the minute I think all these silver shouts, even after games like this that go away you just need something to for, for the positive fans to latch mm. on to or even the negative ones to go well he did do that and i think that's the only thing he's missing and it, i think it will come it's just because he, he's ran some really good teams close this season and hopefully it pays off eventually.
2: The issue with that, I think, is I mean, and, and again, I, I keep saying that I need to look it up, but I haven't, so I haven't got the specifics. It's similar. It's the, the argument against, and I suppose you get it from the negative fans, it's exactly what happened when he was at Watford. I know no, he's he's got no one turning his head at the minute, so he hasn't got what we were last season pulling him the other way. And you can put the case forward for Rich Alton as well. I, I know we've talked about that a lot. I see it as post that 1-0 loss in the derby. A lot of people can say he did the same, you know, December onwards when he was at Watford. Everything just seemed to drop off. The Charleston doesn't seem to turn in. And the results just don't seem to swing his way. I, you know, Farhad he said he put a big bet on him. So uh, I think, we're, as I say, we're just going to have to wait and see.
0: Yeah, <sighs> yeah it's uh, it's not exactly the kind of time where we're, where we're super excited. You know, uh, I mean, we're, I think all three of us are, you know, none of us, I think right now are saying Silva out. So it's, we're not saying, hey, we're going to absolutely smash him this weekend. But at the same time, we're not saying, hey, let's, let's rebuild again. It's because we're rebuilding. Mm. I think that is, that is the way we're viewing it. Um Yeah. Mm. It's a touchy subject right now because with passionate fans, passionate moments, they're going to, (laughs) yeah, the iron runs hot. It's the way it is. So, yeah, anyway. Okay. Well, I guess that's our commentary on the state of the club right now and how we're feeling about Silva and about the players. By the way, at some point, players need to take some responsibility as well. Not all just about Silva. That's a thing. Um, I think right now – I'm personally I'm thinking about circumstances. That's all. So, all right, that's it for our uh, state of the club segment. Uh, we need to talk about this transfer window. We are in the middle of it. It's uh, it's going to be it's going to be ending here in a little while. Uh, we've had very little movement in, as in not any. Movement in, uh, o- Omar Prince Omar uh, has has made his way to uh to Cardiff on loan, possibly on permanent permanent if if Cardiff somehow avoids relegation. Um, so he might be back. Uh, but Silva has has come out and said several times, not just once, he's come out and said several times that the board has told him at the moment that we're not in a position financially to go into the market uh the the thinking here is that uh financial fair play trying to get our wages down and all that stuff um uh, how how to feel about that one uh let's see here Uh, max let's go ahead and lead with you uh
2: machete billionaire blues back on sell to buy um no, nah, it's financial fair play, isn't it? it? It exists now, thanks to Manchester City and PSG. Going back, like, what, 10 years now? Uh, you know, you've got to balance out your, your, your wins and your losses. As I said earlier, he's Farhad Mashiri's invested upwards of £200 million into this club. He's not got a return on his investment. Um, and you can't blame him. So, some of the players that we still got on, on, on lengthy contracts at the club Kevin Morales, Sandro Cucco-Martina, Ashley Williams, Umar Nias and someone who's just come back now from his loan at Aston Villa, Yannick Belassi. You know, we've, we've got a lot of dead wood in this current squad. No one is going to take them, take those players off us for the money that, you know, they are costing us. So we are, you know, we're stuck in between a rock and a hard place. We've just got to wear down their contracts until they're ready to move on. And I think that's the case. Plus, I think you've also got to look at January, you know, January market, as I everything mean, just. I mean, you know, football prices these days are just inflated as they are. But January, it just goes ridiculous, doesn't it? So, I, I from a from a business strategy standpoint, I can understand it. Over these last few five years, we have been the example of what not to do when you have money, and we're paying the repercussions of that now.
0: Yeah. It's such a weird thing because it seems like when you look at it as trying to be detached, you look at it and you say yeah, it makes sense. It, does. it makes total sense. And then there's that part of you that thinks shit, if we just had this player at this position, this player, you know what I mean? So it's that it's that weird balance of being a trying to be a logical supporter because yeah. you're still a, you're still a supporter and you want your team to but at the same time, we we just we haven't been responsible in the past, no. and this seems like a hint at responsibility. You know what I
2: mean? Yeah, and you, you could say that's been the case. You know, we we should have clocked on a, a, a long time ago. With the, you know, the compensation packages that he's been dishing out as well—Allardyce, Walsh, Cumin, oh, Martinez—you know, it all adds up. Um, it does. It so, really does. Yeah, you, you know, you've got to factor it in context.
1: Mm, yeah, expensive mistakes. Yeah, I mean, to not to not spend is just perfectly sensible. I mean, no one wants to hear it because football fans like transfers, obviously, but uh, you you can't. It's, it's kamikaze spending. If you start adding more players to a wage bill that's already too big, like, we never learn our lesson either. I mean, Last season, we brought in Cheng Tosin and Theo Walcott, and they were our two best players as soon as they came into the team. Fast forward to it twelve months, and now the two of them aren't good enough. Walcott was saying has been poor all season, and Tosin, whenever he's played, has been has not performed. So we're saying Tosin's even on the list to, to be moved on now. For most people, hmm. and we spent what about nearly fifty million on the two of them. Like yeah. n- the, people say there's value in this market. Yeah for the very very top end of the market for the for the Virgil van Dykes and and the players like that it's like when you're talking Callum Wilson for 50 million it's like yeah I don't want us to spend in this window unless it was the difference between you know if it were, we were going for the Champions League and that player could push us into it or we were you know facing relegation and that player would get us out of it look at the look, a good summer will change everything whereas a, I don't know, right? A good January will change the rest of that season, maybe. Because if you buy from the Premier League, you get your pants pulled down for price. If you buy f- from abroad, you still have to pay over the odds anyway, because the, play- the clubs don't want to lose their players. Mm. You can't get any of the top players anyway, so you're taking sort of at best middle ground players. I mean, looking, oh. we're looking to sell. Like, we're, exactly.
2: Well, I was going to say, look at who we bought. It's something that we mentioned a lot at the time of the mad spending. We've just bought the the best of the rest. We haven't bought any of those top end market players. We bought in Theo Walcott, Michael Keane, Guilfi Sigerson, and because all these clubs, as you say, these Premier League clubs are seeing that we're paying way over the odds for players, they're going to pull our pants down for it. Mm-hmm. And as you say, fast forward the clock, and the likes of Theo Walcott, ching Tosin aren't playing that well. We're not going to get a return on our investment. We're not going to profit. But being the way it is, it, we just have to sell them on. Like, the, you know, they're like Davy Klassen, Ramiro Funes Mori. They're just going to have to bite the bullet.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, anyone we bring in now, if we, if we even bought them from abroad, sometimes they don't settle or they take the full half season to settle, so there's no point getting them now anyway. And if you buy from the Premier League, you're going to pay for ridiculous amounts of money. I mean, Yannick Balassi coming back this week is a perfect. Like, Case in point for why we're not going to spend this window because we've still got at least 10 crabs on our books who do not kick a ball for the club and we're, we're shelling out hundreds of thousands of pounds each week Everywhere.
2: just to pay their wages. So co- It cost we, us nearly £30, 30 million. Pounds.
1: If we were going to go out and spend more than that again on top of that, that's that's asking for trouble. That's how clubs fold up in the old days anyway. Mm. It's just... I'd love to be in a position where our entire squad—we had 24 players, and they were all great, and they all clicked. And there was someone out there who could just be that 25th member, and he was great, and he mm-hmm. really made a difference. But that's a fantasy. We're not like the, the players we've yeah. got now; still a settling, mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Like there's some of them have haven't played 20 games for the club yet, and we're going to add more and more and more. You can you can subtract by adding sometimes. Marcel Wenger yeah. said it. You can actually make things worse by adding more and more players. I think we'd be better working on what we've got now and try to work out, manage out the dross we've got because, let's be honest, it is dross. We're not going to make any money back on any of them. And the, the type of players you get in January, the type of players we're looking to sell, you get you get a NEAS in January. Mm. You don't get a top player. And the players that... I mean, we do have some players on our squad
0: who want to go get playing time. They do. There are some players like Schneiderlin. Seems pretty clear he wants to leave and go somewhere. But we're not financially dumb. You know, I think we would prefer it be a permanent. But who's going to give us anything rational? Almost everybody's going to say, no, 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 we, wanna, we, we just want to loan him. And then that problem comes back in the summer. And yeah. that's just going to, that's the that's what has this that's this perpetuating problem. We just continue
2: seen to that with Sandro, aren't we? we yes. We've seen it with Sandro.
1: You're never going to move on players at that wage level because they are the only clubs they go in and get a game for and they can't pay those wages. Like, for Balassi is a £30 million early player that we've bought on 70 grand a week, and the only ones interested in them are championship clubs who other than Villa with were the biggest club in the championship and even they've decided to take a bath on the mm. the wages no one's at Sandro's we're never going to get rid of Sandro unless he drops his wage demands and why would you if you're on that much money because any club who could, he might improve aren't going to pay 100 grand something a week for a striker they're not even going to pay 30 grand a week for a striker
2: yeah
1: okay having said all that <laughs>
0: Um, fast forward to deadline
1: day. Any movement at all? Outs. Only out? Yeah. Anyone, anyone you can get out, if you can shift anyone out, it'd be it'd be good because there's there's going to be no ins that are worth your time. People like Batshuayi probably doesn't want to come here. He brought, he wants to go <laughs> to Monaco. He, he could easily be another Tosin. Might look good for, the, for a little bit, and then. Drop off to face the earth And you've got another High priced player Who's got baggage And not going to be able To move on mm-hmm. I'd love to see If he came to me and On deadline day We'd got We'd told Bellassi To the Chinese league Or We'd moved um I mean who else Is there Schneiderland's gone To France finally And mm-hmm. we You know we Like did a class hand with them Where we got a little bit Of money back We got 14 million Or 20 I'll be made up Because that would yes. mean Going into the summer There's less work to do Before we can start uh, Buying again Because we will start Buying again but the club have just sat down and decided to be grown up about it and go, you know what, there's no, there's nothing down for spending in this window. We need to get rid first. And even if we've had a clean deck, there's not much value out there anyway. Not for not for clubs like us. Definitely. We know more than most because we've spent a lot of money in January on players who are now looking to give away.
2: Yeah, exactly. And um, you see some of these silly articles linking, linking us to like... Timo Werner, Edinson Cavani, and t- 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 players that are on this just top end of the market. and We had a far cry from reaching those calibre of players. So I think people need to manage their ex- expectations a little bit.
0: And I think that's another reason Silva's come out and said, look, because he wants to manage the expectations, which is a smart thing to do. And the thing is, I think... I don't think he's. I don't think he's bullshitting either. I don't think this is a bluff. I think he's flat out saying this is the way we are right now.
2: Well, he, you he's know? just been a victim. He's just been a victim of poor inheritance, hasn't he? Really, he's just inherited an absolute calamity of a squad that's just a blend. It's not It doesn't even blend well. It's just a weird mash of so many different stylistic clashes from Martinez to Cummins mm-hmm. to Allardyce and. You you feel for him in that sense that he just got away with what he has.
0: Oh, um, and if something happens with Adrisa Gay, that could affect some things too. If,
1: if yeah, so I mean, if if you if if a massive club comes in and takes one of your players, you've got to react. Then that's different. But with regards mm-hmm. to your own plans that you set yeah. out, happy for us to not do nothing except get rid and restart in the summer and carry on.
0: It's not exactly what everybody wants to hear after a really stale performance on Saturday. It's no. it's reality, though. So, all right, guys. Um, so, no money for transfers. No, not at the moment. That's this is uh, this is the way it is. Uh, that's the end of our uh, of this rather uninspiring transfer segment. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for If You Know Your History, the Everton-based quiz segment that pits Max against Terry in a cage match of Toffees, Wit, and Might. Yes, guys, it is uh, another starting 11 quiz segment where uh, basically I name a match from the past, an Everton match from the past, and they've got to tell me who started and (coughs) the subs that played. And if they get all that, then we'll worry about tiebreakers down the line. Okay, so this is I am flipping. There's heads. There's tails. Flipping my memory card because coins are for suckers. So who wants to who wants to uh, call it? Come on, you
2: can. Tails. All
0: right, Max calls <laughs> tails. I didn't even have to have actually hear him say it, and it is heads. So. Terry, what are you doing?
1: I'll go second. uh.
0: Terry's going out on a limb. (laughs) Being bold. All right, so cue intense quiz music. There it is ramping up. I can hear it. There it is. Maybe now you can hear it too. All right. So, Max, we're going to start with you. Guys, we need the starting 11 and subs for Everton's 2-0 win over Tamworth in the FA Cup third round, January 7th, 2012.
2: Johnny Heisinger.
0: That he did start. Max doesn't delay. He's on it already. Terry, what do you got?
1: Um... I don't even
2: remember that Tamworth I do yeah it was in the FA Cup Seamus
1: Coleman
0: well done he did start Max
2: Phil Jagielka I'm done no
0: no oh
2: (laughs) there was no
0: there was no Phil Jagielka even on the bench.
2: Weird. We'll be time, we have like a big not moment. I think I'm a distance, since it are. Nightmare, welcome, Terry.
0: Terry?
1: <laughs> that was quick.
2: <laughs>
0: well hold on, Terry, go ahead. You got a name he's gotta name one. Um
1: on achieve. He did start. Well, I would have been out after that. <laughs> there was three like, just complete guesses. Just I'm, time. I'm convinced Max needs to go somewhere.
2: <laughs> well, I do. I remember going the game as well. I, I just, I don't know, like, what? I, that's, a, that's a weird game. Right, who was it? Was it on the Moyes? Was it Moyes' last season?
0: Um, January of 2012.
2: Yeah, a few Moyes, on not it? Yeah. Oh, really? so that, that's after we just got Yalovitch in and all that, is it? Is it mm-hmm.
1: not? I I literally was just basing it on the time of the, the year of the match rather than remembering the match because I don't even remember that taking place. I I,
2: I remember I remember going because the like kids kid fest and early round of the FA clubs, I was in the family enclosure and kids were like getting the shirts and all shit like that. Yeah.
0: Um. Really quick, let's go ahead and. Uh rattle off a few more just to go ahead because there's a lot of names left. Max, give me another name. Leighton Baines. Leighton Baines was a sub that played. Terry, you got another name? Um, I'm going to say Phil Neville. Phil Neville started. Coleman. You already said Coleman. Somebody said Coleman. I think Terry said Coleman.
2: Um... Royston Durant. He...
0: was a sub that played, yes.
1: God. Um, <laughs> let me think. Uh, Fellaini, Marwan Fellaini? Yes.
2: Darren Rex. Gibson?
0: Uh, no, Gibson was, on, was n- nowhere in sight. Another one? Jelovic? Um, Yelovich was nowhere in sight.
2: Yeah, my Gay.
0: Yes, he started.
1: I'm tapped. That's me.
2: Tim, <laughs> Tim Arwood.
0: Yes. Oh. Him. What about one you mentioned earlier, but you didn't? Ac- nobody actually said his name. Oh, it's, like, uh, Distan. Distan.
2: This time, yeah.
0: Yeah. He was in there. Um, so there's three more starters left you haven't mentioned and one more sub.
2: Hello? I'm a bit stumped, to be honest.
0: All right. I'll rattle the rest off. <laughs> uh, my close personal friend, American Landon Donovan. <sighs> and he's We're not back. really a close personal friend. We're just from the same country, you know. Uh, Bill Yoletinov started. And uh, Billy, Alat-
2: Billy Alatinov, Drenta, and Magai Gay all played in the same team, yeah. No wonder we, James,
0: and James McFadden as the last of the starters, <laughs> oh, and dear. the last sub that played
1: guys, the Strack.
2: Oh, yeah, I was just gonna say
1: him, but I didn't think he was still there at that time. You, just you've got,
2: if, if you say Drenta, you gotta say Strack, haven't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. uh
0: s- subs that didn't play Marcus Hanneman. Uh Apostos Velios, Shane Duffy, Connor Macalini. That's the last of the subs that didn't play. And the scores, Haitinga scored with five minutes in, and Baines got a seventy nine minute 79th minute penalty. Alright? So this was over a long time ago. Uh Terry uh, you, you you get to pick a song. Now we normally have that little moment where where Terry's like going through his Spotify, you know, and everything. So what do you you got for us, Dad Rock, track eight?
1: (laughs) I've already checked the Spotify. Ah. So um, I'm going to go with a song, sort of a cryptic message to a lot of Everton fans at the minute. Regarding Silver, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Take it
2: easy.
0: What am I thinking of, Max, when
1: he says the Eagles?
2: The big Lebowski. I hate the fucking Eagles, man.
1: But I didn't pick Hotel California because that is Max's to pick in the future.
2: <laughs> and he gets kicked out
0: the cab. Yes. As soon as you said the Eagles, I was like, oh, no.
1: Oh. <laughs>
2: You we don't like my do music. Big Lebowski you know, I hate yeah.
1: that. One. We'll do a watch along one day. The Big Lebowski. We all <laughs> just watch it while we're streaming we a podcast. We really need to do that.
0: Oh my gosh, that is not not the dad rock type of stuff I was expecting. That is interesting. Okay, so why, besides it being just a cryptic message?
1: That's the main reason, really, it's a oh, good yeah. song and I was I was leaning towards <laughs> Hotel California but then uh, obviously because of the Big Lebowski connection and you guys but then I thought, you know what, because it was in a playlist and I've got the two <laughs> songs next to each other so I was like, you know what, Take It Easy is also a good song and I think we need to hear that right now Take It Easy, guys It's still early, Take It Easy Everyone's dad's got an Eagles album <laughs> <laughs> Just, everyone's nice
0: observational humor from terry there it's uh (laughs) that is true apparently so as we're as we're listening to the uh however you feel about it tones of the eagles uh (laughs) well it's time to end the toffee blues podcast I'm in the big show uh thanks so much for listening uh please Subscribe to the Top of Blues podcast. Rate it if you can. We'd sincerely appreciate it. Give us a, a kind review. Tell us what you think of the Eagles. Not, not about us, but about the Eagles. What do you think of the Eagles? So, uh, ad- additionally, uh, why don't you check out the Top of Blues YouTube channel. If, you know, we have faces. It's actually how we speak. Uh, so, why don't you uh, check those out uh, on the YouTube channel. Yeah, we're there. Um, check, out, uh, check out Terry, Liverpool Echo Fan Jury. Check out Max. Uh, several places, but also on the uh, the Toffee Blues website. Uh, just check out the Toffee Blues website in general. A lot of Everton, uh, Everton analysis on there. Uh, subscribe to the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, uh, gentlemen. That's it. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, Terry has to go e- eat a meal of food, and Max has well, Max has life plans because that's what the young fellas do. So uh, Terry, thanks so much, man. Enjoy the meal.
1: I will do. Peri Peri Chicken. It's going to be good. Uh,
0: and, uh, and Max, uh, yeah, I don't even know. Good luck, is what I'll say.
2: Nice. I still can't get my head dropped. I'm still so juggling. i playing against Camway in the club. But nice one. I'll have good night. Thank you. Uh,
0: two months from now, Max is going to be like, you know, I still can't get my head <laughs> If you're obsessive like me, yes, I do that. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much. Enjoy it. Thanks. You made me, put me in a better mood, actually, even though we were talking about. Depressing, everything, stuff. So, thanks for that. All right, uh, yeah, we'll see you. Next, we'll talk to you next time, and uh, yeah, bye.
2: We ought to take it <laughs>